Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Let your light so shine before men. That tells me that we're going to be in areas of darkness. So therefore, we've got to let the Spirit of God then flow through us, use us, so that the Spirit of God, the light that is Him, Jesus is the light, right? That light then comes forth and it's broadcasted to the darkness. And then the darkness flees. Pretty amazing. The Christian life was never meant to be a sheltered, protected existence. As Pastor Eric exhorts us in today's sermon, we are called to be a light in the darkness. We should not be trying to avoid darkness. We should be seeking those hearts that are in it so we can share the great light that God has given us. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for his message in 1 Samuel chapter 2. They were causing many to stumble before God. Now, Hophani and Phinehas were like this because they did not know God. And again, like I mentioned earlier, even in the church today, there are people who do not know God. Just because you come to church does not mean that you're a believer. If you're prideful, if your actions are that of wickedness, you have no fear of God, but yet you're still calling yourself a Christian, I would love to challenge you tonight to examine your heart. Because those uh, those qualities are not of one who follows Christ. Are you really following Jesus? Here we see a good warning from God. Just because you go to church does not mean that you are a Christ follower. The early church in Acts put it like this, you guys. Either you're filled with the Holy Spirit or you're not. There wasn't the denominations back then. Either you're filled with God's Spirit or you're not. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, then you are a believer in God. You are His child. But if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then you are not. Pretty simple. We complicate it. So many different denominations and all this stuff. But it comes down to, are you Spirit-filled or are you not? Because once a a person places their faith in Jesus, then Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit. And then here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. He then comes in, and then He changes the person from the inside out. Yeah. (laughs) Praise God. Because when we try to change from the outside in, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If there is no Spirit of God on the inside, there is no godliness on the outside. If there is no Holy Spirit on the inside, there is no godliness on the outside. You can pretend, but eventually your sin will be revealed. Jesus said this concerning a person who is a believer. He says, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Matthew 7, 20. The only way you can produce good fruit, you guys, is having the Holy Spirit producing that fruit. Is the fruit being produced by the Holy Spirit within you? And to inspect your fruit, I would encourage you to read Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, and then also Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, at your leisure. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and Ephesians 5, verse 9. So here we see that even though they were priests, they were 
acting as God's agents here uh, with the people, but they, they were corrupt because they themselves did not know the Lord. Continuing on in verses 18 through 21, let's, let's read about what's going on with Samuel here. It says, But Samuel, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a li- linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make it, make him a little robe. Oh, how cute, right? And bring it to him year by year. I mean, she's a mom. When she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice, and Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, Lord, give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. In verse 21, And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Wow! Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Here's a woman who could not have children, but now she has six kids. That's all God. That's all the Lord. And so in the midst of the wickedness going on with Eli's sons, God was doing an amazing work still. I mean, you see it for yourself. Check out the butt in verse 18. I know that sounds funny, but check out the butt. <laughs> but Samuel, right, ministered before the Lord. So you've got two corrupt priests, those, who, those two that didn't know the God, but you have a little child named Samuel, and he was ministering to the Lord. Ministering meaning serving God. Here's a little child serving God. In the midst of corruption, there was still good going on. Amazing. So Samuel was serving the Lord even at a young age. Then we also see within these verses the blessings of giving God the whole offering. Not holding anything back, but giving it all to God. Remember how the two priests were taking things for themselves before the offering to God? Here we see a great example of a woman and a husband giving God the entire offering, their son, and then God blessing them for not holding anything back from him. God blessed them with more children. So again, in the midst of wickedness, there are still those, especially in this passage, Samuel, Elkanah, and Hannah, who are serving the Lord. And they can come at any age. That's what I think is amazing. And God blesses those who don't hold anything back from Him. So in the midst of corruption, in the midst of wickedness, you can still serve God. That's amazing. You can still serve God. And no matter how old you are, not the, how young you are, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, you can serve God. And I've seen it, you guys. I've seen it with the children. I've seen it with older adults. You can serve God. And many times we feel that either I can't be used yet because I'm not old enough or I'm too old and God doesn't want to use me. That's a lie. You can be used. You just have to be willing and open, again, for the Holy Spirit to control you. And I say control because the word is filled, right? But what a better word to say control. Because we should let the Spirit of God control us. No matter how old you are, you can still serve the old. And serving the Lord, you guys, will show the light of God in the wickedness and the corruption that you are in. Serving God and his, and his light will shine forth from the darkness and corruption around will not stand. It will flee. 
Jesus said this in Matthew 5, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine before men. That tells me that we're going to be in areas of darkness. So therefore, we've got to let the Spirit of God then flow through us, use us, so that the Spirit of God, the light that is Him, Jesus is the light, right? That light then comes forth and it's broadcasted to the darkness. And then the darkness flees. Pretty amazing. So even in the midst of corruption, you can still serve God and then God's light can still shine forth. And then we also see that uh, that you are blessed when you honor God. When you honor God and you give Him fully everything... God will honor you. Jesus said this in John 12, 26, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. So what is Jesus trying to communicate to us? If we serve him, then we're serving the Father. And the Father, God, is going to do what? He's going to honor you. Well, not only is that a, a, a sweet thing to see, but it's a promise from God. And God is good on his promises. So if he says, if you're serving me and you're, you're serving my son, Jesus, I'm going to honor you. You can take it to the bank. You can hold on to that. You can sit there and say, I am going to be honored by God because he, uh, I'm serving his son. Therefore, I'm serving you, God. Well, that tells me don't hold anything back from God. And so often we can hold everything back from God. Especially ourselves. And that's one thing that I'm personally trying to let go of is myself. So I can be fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. And the the crazy thing is, is what controls you? There's something that controls you. Either it's anger, either it's, it's fear, anxiety, depression, worry. What controls you? Because the thing is, is that we need to set those things aside and let the Spirit of God control us instead. That is so hard to do. But I'm learning that it is possible. And how is it possible? By getting out of the way. And just saying, God, please, I have faith that you are going to control. And when I need you, you're going to be there and you're going to speak through me. You're going to give me the words. You're going to reveal your word to me when I need to know it. You're going to do all these amazing things because that's what God has promised us through the helper. The Holy Spirit. So church, don't hold anything back from God. Give it all to Him, and He will honor you. Moving on in verse 22 through 36, we see then our our third section that we're going to look at tonight, and our final, is that Eli is addressed. So Eli, you'll see here, he's an interesting character, man. But it says this in verse 22, Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your, uh, hear of your evil de- dealings from the, all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. Verse 25, if one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Oh, we have the answer to that. 
We'll talk about that here in a second. Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. Verse 26, And then the child Samuel grew in the stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. Verse 27, Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer, up, offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Verse 29, why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place? And honor your sons more than me, to make yourself fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Verse 30, therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arms of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. Verse 32. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel. And there shall not be an old man in your house forever. Verse 33, but any of your men who I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, on Hophani and Phinehas, is in one day they shall die, both of them. Verse 35, then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest, who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, Please put me in one of the priestly positions that I may eat a piece of bread. Eli was old at this time, you guys. Very old, in fact, the word says. And he was made aware of what his sons were doing. Well, how did, how did he come to knowledge of it? Well, through the people. The people were coming to him and saying, this is what your kids are doing. The knowledge came by the people of what they were doing. Not only were they taking advantage of the offerings, but then they were having sex with the women outside of the temple, of the tabernacle of meeting. The church women, they were having sex with them. So here you have a, a sexual scandal, even back in the days of Samuel, dealing with the priest. Just because a man holds a position doesn't mean that he is perfect. And that, he, that they can still fall. That's where the accountability still comes with the ones who are representing the Lord. And so many people don't want to hold pastors today accountable and, and be there for them to help them. They're just as human. We are just as, as human as you guys. And Satan can come and tempt. And that's why we need that support. We need that support. It happens, you guys. There's pastors that are falling. We need to be praying for them and helping them out. And holding accountable when accountability needs to be held. So he gets this word 
<laughs> and he's addressing the kids. He's like, come on, this isn't good, you guys. No, my sons. Why do you do such things? Why is he even asking them a question? He should just be correcting them. Why do you do these things? Well, does it matter? They're doing something wrong. Correct them. But he's asking them these questions. And so he addresses that the, the sins that the sons were committing. And then you see in verse 25, Eli asks the question, and he's like, you know, <laughs> but if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Do you guys know the answer to that? It's found in 1 John 2, 1, which says this. It should be on the screen. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So there's the answer to the question. If man sins before God, who will, who will take care of him? Jesus Christ will. Praise God, man. That's awesome. But here we see Hophani and Phinehas did not listen to their father. And we see that God wanted to kill them. Seems pretty harsh. But here's the thing is that repentance is a gift from God. And these two didn't want repentance. And so God wanted to kill them because he is a just God. He saw that they were corrupt men, ungodly men. Verse 26, though, I praise God for the break in the action. It kind of, it really blesses my heart. And the child Samuel grew in stature in favor both with the Lord and men. Wow. Praise God for good still happening. <laughs> Anyways, continuing on, we see that an unknown prophet of God speaks to Eli in verses 27 through 36. We're not told his name, but it doesn't really matter because it's God speaking to him. And uh, he tells Eli, he says, you are guilty like your sons. You're guilty like your sons. Eli put his sons, you guys, before the Lord. And God is calling him out for that. And because of this, God will kill the boys. He would kill the, the descendants in the house. They wouldn't, uh, let, they wouldn't uh, live to be old. But then God says that he would raise up a faithful priest. One who would do according to God's heart and his mind. So Eli was hearing all these bad things. He asked the boys why they're doing it. They didn't listen to him. <laughs> Samuel's continuing to grow in God. But then God corrects Eli with his motives and shows that his boys were going to die. And then we see the faithful priest that God is going to raise up. So here's the thing that the Lord really spoke to my heart in all of this. Because you see Eli just confronting the boys, but then he's getting called out. Examine your heart before you point the wrong in someone else. Because he was quick to point out, I'm hearing all these bad things that, you're, that are going on with you. But he wasn't addressing what was going on with himself. But God was making it a point, hey, you're not perfect either. You put your boys before me. It goes right along with what Jesus taught. And that's what I love. It goes right along with what Jesus said, right? He said this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with a measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 
So here, Eli was trying to, to point out the speck in his kid's eyes, but he had a plank in his own eye. May we not judge with that heart of not... Ex- you know, the thing is, is that we can, we can judge by the word of God. But the thing is, is that we're all imperfect. We all have our shortcomings, and that we need to take them to the Lord. But then when God deals with us and he takes that and cleanses us from us we then can then go to our brother who is struggling or our sister who's struggling and say to them hey i know that you're battling with this but this is what god's word says and i love you and i don't want you to go through this and i i know what it feels like maybe you may be going through the same thing or you've gone through the same thing but instead of coming down with a religious stick you need to come with the love of god we also see then the promise of god in this section Again, whoever honors God, will, he will honor them. What a great promise, right? In verse 30. But then we also see another promise. Whoever despises God, they shall be a disgrace to God. That's a promise on both sides of the coin. Honor God. Then we see the, that the promise that God would raise up a faithful priest. And guess what, guys? God fulfilled that promise. He fulfilled that promise because he sent Jesus Christ. Hebrews tells us in four, chapter 4, verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Jesus is the priest that God promised in Samuel. Because Jesus, you guys, does according to the Father's heart and in his mind. Well, how? Well, Jesus is God. Of course he's going to know how to do his Father's will. Jesus is God. And because Jesus is God and he's a faithful priest, then Jesus had made, has made us priests as well. Did you know that you're a priest? Not just me, it's you as well, okay? 1 Peter 2, 9 says this, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. Revelations 1.5 And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the, on the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus Christ is that faithful witness, right? And then it goes on in verse 6. Here it is. And he and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Because of Jesus Christ, we can then be a priest and a king to God, the Father. Well, how do you become a priest? Go to seminary. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I didn't even do that, so whatever. (laughs) It just takes bowing down to Jesus. So concluding all this great wealth of knowledge and just rich word from God. Know God. Let his spirit live within you. Put God first. Humble yourselves. Serve the Lord even in the midst of darkness. Check for the log in your own eye. Honor God and he will honor you. And keep your focus on God. Faithful priest, Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. 
CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520-723-7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible, and now with mobile technology, we have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format for use on any device. Simply log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes Store. Again, our web address is gracetothehearers.com. Subscribing to a podcast like Grace to the Hearers is a wonderful way to infuse God's Word into your everyday life. Please log on to gracetothehearers.com today and subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Samuel, right here on Grace to the Hearers.